joining hunkering down with Peter Schorsch is Florida Chief Financial Officer, Jimmy Patronis. Chief, how are you? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's great to have some of our state leaders on the pod. Yesterday, we had Wilton Simpson and Michael Waltz. We had Mayor Jim Castor down here. Um, what What is it looking like from a state level? What is the... Um, I, I, not that I don't want you to give away anything uh, that you're privy to, but what has the state response been uh, been looking like from your angle? Well, I mean, you know, thank you for kind of uh, letting letting this all kind of free flow because I'm 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 definitely got concerns as as dependent we are on our tourism hospitality industry, as uh, dependent we are on our housing industry. Um, you know, those are huge economic drivers in addition to, to ag and all of those that contribute to the state. But but tourism is, is you know, excess of a million employees in the state. Um, and as you take a, uh, a position that traveling is being, uh, you know, restricted, hotels are not being, um, you know, utilized to their maximum capacity and restaurants are being, you know, ordered to work at 50%. There's definitely a, a lot of stress because these businesses didn't necessarily prepare for this type of financial transition. Um, so, you know, I, I get concerned. What I lose sleep at night about is I was here back in 07, 08, 09 when the state was in a financial crisis. I know how dependent we are on our sales tax economy how dependent we are on our real estate economy and doc stamps. You know, I just, I'm trying to get us in a position where we are prepared to weather the storm. Cause right now I, I tell everybody hurricanes making uh, it's threatening. It's, it's making landfall on the state of Florida. Then the hurricane is going to make landfall. And then there's the recovery. Uh, I'm trying to get us prepared for the recovery. That's all I'm thinking about right now. 24 seven. The, uh, I guess that's what is that's what worries me the most is um, like, you know, I was looking out at my house late last night and I, I, you know, I, Michelle and I actually got into a little bit of a debate because I told her, I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm bringing the shotgun up to the bedroom. And she's like, no, you're not. Um, and we, ha I'm like, listen, honey, you're going to have thousands of people laid oh, off here. Oh, are you still there? Yep, you, uh, you, 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 I lost you there for a minute. Last okay. thing I was trying, I was just trying to get my 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 head around you carrying a shotgun. I think that's just kind of a frightening sight. So it, go ahead. Well, I will say my my it is a frightening sight because I'm one of those people that like just like swivels it around like, hey, where's the uh, front end of this? Um, <laughs> it's like I, Griswolds have a shotgun. <laughs> right. I did take I did take um, uh, some. Um, I went up and took a couple of shooting courses and Good. my. My my uh, late father-in-law, who was a Marine, took me shooting with him, and it was just like, all right, this is the the front end, and this is it was it was actually it was really surprising that whole episode going the first time. I didn't know you had to load your own ammo. I just you know I know that sounds silly, but like he had he was giving me a handgun, and I just thought you know like they sold clips and you just loaded it up like in the movie. Sure. I didn't know you had to sit there. And, put everyone I'm like god this takes forever I'm like and it just um it was so incredibly loud like the first time I I, I didn't serve so I wasn't around and I, I've never been really around guns um and yes it was an indoor you know shooting range so 
I, I know the sound is going to be amplified, but I mean, it was this, it, it, a thunderclap, like right outside your door is, is not loud, as loud as a Remington tactical shotgun just blasting off. Um, and, and, and you're not prepared and you're not prepared for the kick or the recoil either. Oh, it was the, the entertainment industry doesn't do it justice what it is. And it is, it's just shocking when you do get around guns. And so, um, they're, they are, they're also, I, I, I hate, they're so small. Like, um, mm -hmm. a bullet is only so big and yet it, it can end a life. Like it's so, it's so precise. Like you're shooting down at the target 50 yards away. And unless you're, unless you're a decent shot, it is hard to make a good shot unless you've done it before. Absolutely. You're just, you're just shooting all over the place. And so, you kind of like when you hear stories about, you know, everyday stories about man was shot seven times and only like one of them and they it hit his knee. And they're like, how did they miss the other six times? And it's like because it's this very small thing going at an extraordinarily fast pace. And it, um, yeah, a anyhow, um, well, I, was, and I, I got to add to your point. Uh, I, it was a reality hit me. I grew up, my dad took me hunting from since I was a kid. So I've always been around guns. He always made us super self-conscious about how dangerous they are. And I remember it was probably about 10 years ago. I was at the restaurant and one of my employees, he had been with us for 10 years, but he's still a kid to me. He's like 25, 28 years old. And, and he tells me that he's bought a nine millimeter and I'm thinking how, and I'm looking at it still as a child. I said, I said, have you ever shot one before? No, you know, and, and, and so here's a guy who went out and bought a nine millimeter pistol, has never shot it before. And you, you just think about how valuable having some reality introduced of how lethal of a weapon he has just purchased that he has never had any instructions on how to use. Right. Um, and, and that, I tell you, that, that's where it got to me that, God, you, you when you buy a gun, you got to have somebody show you what the heck you're doing. I will say, and that's why I guess uh, the person who got me this gun um, got me a shotgun because I think that, like, and I can I can understand this, the sound of that uh, cocking and loading. If I was somebody else, yes, I would be. I would I would I would think twice about coming upstairs at this point after you hear sure. that sound, um, sure. as as opposed to a revolver or, or what have you. Um, and the long story short of that is, I just told Michelle, I'm like, listen, there's. All it's going to take is one out of a thousand of these people that have been laid off to become desperate. And, you know, you're going to have a very tough situation on your hand for local law enforcement. Um, and, and you know, and so that's that's kind of what is worrying me right now is 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 that part, um, you know, and as you talk about the economic part. You know, I, I saw the note from Goldman Sachs last night where they're talking about um just an apocalyptic jump in unemployment claims being filed. Um, right. You know, just, the, and you know, you're a former restaurateur or you, you know, your family's been in it and I've been in it. And I just, I was reading the New York times stories last night about all of the Danny Meyer, who is my favorite restaurateur, you know, it's Gramercy Tavern, Union Square Cafe in New York. He's, he's a role model for me. Um, he laid off 2,000 people last night, and he is probably the best restaurateur outside of Panama City. I mean, he is. No, I was waiting for that. Thank, <laughs> thank you for at least giving some some tip of the hat. But um, um, but no, but but I hear you. You know, and and I was talking to the governor this morning, and you know, he's wondering 
how are things going in Panama City? And I said, you know, he says, are you are you abiding by the the spacing at the restaurant? So yeah, so we were doing it about a week before the announcement. I said, but, but I said, but we're fortunate. I said, I've got 700 seats. I've got dining rooms I don't use until peak season. So I said, we've got the flexibility. I said, I've got every dining room of the restaurant open, and there's there's 20 feet of space between every table almost. Um, you know, but now we. We're supposed to be this time of year, so to be feeding six to seven hundred people. We're feeding two hundred people. But I said it's it's keeping our employees, you know, busy. But you know, like you know, I'm probably going to need to have somebody with a thermal thermometer outside the building and taking the temperature of everybody walking in. And if you know what, you got a fever, you're not welcome to come into the restaurant. You need to go stay home. You know, and all um, the purveyors and suppliers behind those um, those meals that you serve. I mean, they're going to be hitting. They're going to be feeling it here. And Absolutely. the next week, I mean, it just, you know, like um, we were talking about the newspaper industry being laid off around here. And it's just like there's a restaurant tour, Steve Westfall. Uh, he's got like five restaurants in St. Petersburg and Pinellas. And I'm just thinking, you know, the first thing he's going to do is cancel his ads in the weekend edition of the Tampa Bay Times. I mean, it's just yeah. like, hey, the restaurants are closed. There's no why would I even begin to advertise? I mean, yet, you know, it's just. It doesn't make sense. Um, and so all of that is just going to ripple through over the next month or so. But then again, you know, when I listen to Andrew Cuomo of New York, who, you know, normally you and I probably don't see eye to eye with his politics. He's basically come to the conclusion, hey, listen, the economic there will always be the chance for economic recovery. Um, we are now talking about the mitigation of the loss of life. Like, is, is this going to be tens of thousands or is this going to be? more than that and so he uh, he's just like listen i you know we've just had to do what we've had to do um now the pot this podcast is about hunkering down i know you don't you don't really get to do that right now i mean you still gotta be the the chief financial officer of of the nation's third largest state right right so but now i, t- I tell you what's been amazing in less than a week we have taken three thousand employees and we have transitioned those employees to working from home uh, our our entire treasury department right now is entirely 100% remotely being operated from employees' homes on secure computers. So, I mean, you know, um, it, I, I've told my guys, I said, this is the first time we're in uncharted waters. We've never done this before in the history of the state of Florida. I said, I said, I want you to take notes, just speak into the notepad of your iPhone, you know, and, and tell Siri, what you've done to make some of these decisions come a reality. I said, because we're going to do a big post-mortem on this, and we're going to realize, you know, that there's a pandemic guide that we're going to build that somebody's going to put on a shelf someday and be glad that we did it. Now, technology is going to improve, but, um, you know, all I've been caring about is the health and welfare of my employees, but I know at the same time we've got to have functional government. But if one infected employee comes into the Larson building – and it spreads, you know what, I've got an entire building full of institutional knowledge that nobody else can do the services. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I may be a, a little bit um, overreacting, but you know what, my employees right now are safe at home, you know, hunkering down as they're still providing the services back to the citizens of the state of Florida. You know, one of the things that you have to do, I mean, is it your, is it your name that's on a lot of the checks? I mean, I know it's the auto pen and everything like that, but you're the you're the comptroller too for the state, correct? Or correct. Every 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 single every single check has has my signature. Yes, sir. Um, we just uh, agreed on doling out ninety two billion dollars worth of checks 
theoretically um, uh, yesterday. Um, any early thoughts on on the budget? Do you think that that is a is that a permanent budget, or will they be back in June to you know to make some modifications? Um, I I've gone back and forth. Should they have delayed and just you know waited for a new revenue estimating commission to come out in April? Uh, then some other people will say, well, listen, maybe the 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 outbreak doesn't have the same impact, and we would be we would be without a budget and all sorts of politics could get into play then. At least we have a placeholder. Um, I don't know. Is this, what were your thoughts about, uh, as you're watching Signy die yesterday about so, the budget? I've talked to, I talked to, to Senator Galvano. I've talked to Speaker Oliva and, and served with both those guys. Uh, amazing men. Uh, Bill was here. Uh, we were, we were in the legislature together when we dealt with the, the last financial crisis of the state. Um, you know, there's a number of circuit breakers in place. There's the rainy day fund. There's the budget stabilization fund. There's a number of funds we have in place. But back on 2006, when the state had a um, $70 billion budget, we had $6.5 billion in reserves, and the state had over 24,000 building permits pulled. Okay. Yeah. You fast forward. You fast forward to 2009. Just three years later, state's budget was 69 and a half billion dollars. We've dropped about 500 500 million dollars. State's reserves went down to 900 million dollars, and there was only 2,000 building permits pulled in the state. Mm. So you know, in just a three-year period, catastrophic collapse of the state's economy and the state's dollars. So, and then, and then you know what? You know what I got to do? I got the, the profound honor of serving in the legislature with some amazing guys that dug our way out of that. Okay. Like who? Who was, it was uh, just, it was a, was that? So, so that session that was. So, so it, it all started. Dean Cannon was speaker. Um, you know, uh, Dean Cannon was speaker in the, uh, the 011, 012. Um, and then you had Will Weatherford. Okay. Um, for the next two years, and then, but you, but what you also had, you had Senator Scott, who was then Governor Scott, yeah. who was a total outsider to anything in government, but he questioned everything and he attacked everything financially, and any you know anything that looked like debt, he would attack it with a hammer. So you you put some different you know players in the in the in those those meetings, and you had Senator Scott who was willing to sign, you know, he, he would push for for pretty, you know, amazing changes uh, in the state's way of doing business. And at the same time, he was willing to sign them without fear. So you, you, you gave a governor who was willing to, to, to take a deep dive into these uncharted waters, and it gave the legislature comfort that they could, you know, push out something. Now, if you tried to make some of those measures now, it's probably a little, you know, you know we, we touched pension in those years. You know, there's not an appetite to touch pension in this legislature right now, because those were such difficult times and difficult conversations to have. Um, and I don't want to have those conversations again. We are in a position right now in the state where we're very good financially. And, you know, you know, I, I intend on, you know, I, I want the revenue estimating conference to meet immediately. I want to have a new reevaluation yeah, of what the state's projected revenues are going to look like. Well, so Jose Oliva did say yesterday that he wants to reconvene and force them to meet monthly. I, I want it to meet as soon as possible, simply okay. because 
of the challenge. And I, and I don't have, you know, I've got a role in all this, but I, I can't convene those guys. But I can I can politely ask and tell them the circumstances that I'm forecasting and what I'm charged statutorily to do that has concerns. And again, you know, here's the crazy thing, Peter. If you look around this process, other than there's some incredible staff that run the there's not many people that have lived in state government as long as I have. I mean, that's kind of that is a crazy you know, even thought to have, you know, but Bill's on his way out. He's been up here 16 years. You know, you, you've got a few others out there like Gail Harrell or Dennis Baxter that have been here through some of those those challenging times. Um, but but you've got a number of legislators that weren't here during those difficult times. You do have staff that are here, but those staff retire. You know they move on. So um, you know we've got a we've we've got uh, a need I think that to reflect on history and ensure that we're not uh, going to put ourselves in a place financially where we're digging ourselves out of a hole and having a special session in in September or November trying to make some necessary changes. And again, some of these things can be done without the legislature meeting. Um, but you know, let us let us relook at this and let's give the governor some good information of of helping him prioritize if he does need to be a little more aggressive with the veto pen. Um, which I know these members work so hard on that budget. It's not easy crafting a budget. Um, but as um, you know, just let's just get some information. You know, let's just Let's just get some information. We, our, our citizens deserve it. How is your family doing? You know, my my wife, she's amazing, but she did call me yesterday. Said, Jimmy, do I need to close my office? And uh, she's a real estate agent, and uh, she's worried about her employees. And uh, you know, I, I told her, I said, you know, I think you need to, you know, whatever you can do to allow, you know, you can forward phone calls all day long. Forward phone calls. You know, we become very electronic friendly in this day and age. You know, and where we can still be able to handle dealing with uh, those type of, of, of necessities. Let's do it. There, there's going to be a standard operating procedure that's going to change a little bit. And, and that's the reason why Walmart's looking at trying to hire, you know, I guess north of 100,000 new employees because they see they're going to still get the business of of delivering food and delivering groceries because of what the pandemic is going to do over the over the short term of people's access to getting groceries. And, you know, let's end on a little bit of a I know it, a positive note, if we can. If you were able to hunker down, if you were able to just, you know, uh, if you were ordinary citizen, uh, Jimmy Petronas, and you haven't been that in a long time, what would you be doing? What would you be? Is there something you, you're watching right now or reading or um, give the audience something to do other than. So, so you, know, you know what I did this morning? Because uh, because I don't want to go right now. I don't want to go fight in line to get it. Cause I'm 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 a tightwad, but you know I went to Sam's.com and I ordered a 55 pound bag of dog food to be delivered at my house for 20 bucks because <laughs> because 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 Nita is going to need dog food and she loves dry dog food and you know I'm just starting to think of some of those other things. I've got a freezer full of food. Um, I know I'll still be able to, but you know, there's, I don't, I don't keep dog food at Cat Marison's restaurant that I can use. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to buy volume, but th those, some of the things I'm thinking about is, all right, I, I want to go and get some things off my plate that I'm not going to have to deal with is if over the next two weeks, we're going to stay close to home. And yeah. it may be, and it may be for the entire month of, of April, you know, S Senator Scott came out and made a comment yesterday about, you know, we need to freeze mortgages. You know, I first heard that, yeah, you know what, I, you know, probably need everything frozen for about a month. You know, let's just let's just, you know, put everything on pause, everything will go back to standard operating procedure, you know, you know, in, in, in due time. 
but you know, we, we need to get some distractions off of people's minds right now. Um, you know, you don't have sports to turn on. There's no content on ESPN other than, you know, replays of old NBA tournaments and, uh, you know, people are going to start to get fidgety. It is what it is. Yeah. In fact, I was watching like a terrible development last night in Europe. They're starting to, they're going to throttle Netflix, you know, a lot of, they can only, you know, those servers are only so powerful and yeah. everybody is at home right now. And, you know, God bless the, uh, the internet capacity people from AT&T and Comcast and a lot of those folks out there, because, you know, without that, I think that that I think that that is the only silver lining is keeping that's keeping people maybe together. It's like you know what I'm going to go watch uh, Hallmark for the Hallmark Channel this weekend because they're going to have the Christmas movies on. Correct. Um, you know we lose that. I guess there's you know it's you know Mother Nature has its way of working things out. You know and it's like I saw in Venice last night the story about how the water is blue again for the first time in a while. Yep. Um, and I'm like, well, damn, if we just didn't have all these people. Um, and so the way that the, the newspaper wrote it up, it was, uh, they kind of framed it that way. Um, we're going to get you back on, um, uh, this pot, you know, trying to get these pods to land around 15 to 20 minutes. And this one's at 21. Now, um, we'll check back in with you. You know, we love having you on. I'd love to hear, you know, it's, it's also interesting to get the panhandle perspective, quite honestly, like, because South Florida is different than, you know, the panhandle. It's five, it different, is. Cr- it's five different countries, brother. We're not it one is. state. You know, it is. It's it very is. Different. We talked with Ryan Wiggins the other day, and it's just a little, it's just a little bit different than the attitude that you've got, you know, out of our folks from Broward and Miami-Dade. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again maybe uh, in the next week. Please keep right, up the good work. Thank you for keeping the rest of us safe, um, and uh, God bless you. Yeah, man. Thanks for the cookies. Love you. See you. All right, buddy. Bye.